Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Today we're going to start talking about prayer. And you may have noticed around here we've got a theme for the year called Let Me Reintroduce You to God. And I believe this, that, um, I'm sorry, can I get a water or something? Thank you. Um, I believe this, that we have a, a, a misconception of who God is. In our society, um, running all the way through, we have this misconception, thank you, sir, of who God is. And so we want to take an opportunity over, uh, really over the course of the year, and it's not like this is going to be a 52-week series or anything like that, but we want to take the opportunity to really focus on reintroducing you to God, correcting some of maybe the misconceptions that we, that we have uh, about God. You know, I, I believe that if we look around to society to tell us who God is, if we look to media to tell us who God is, or even in a lot of cases to tradition to tell us who God is, then we miss the boat of who God is. I thought you were going to throw it, and I got anxiety for a second. I was like, I got one hand. I'm going to drop it. It's going to be on camera. It's going to end up viral or something. Thank you. But I believe that we as a church need to take the opportunity to reintroduce God. This is what the Bible says about God. And where we want to start this is by talking about prayer. Now, prayer is an interesting thing because we have this idea sometimes about prayer that we have to say all these specific words and we have to, to the biggest words that you can find, like dig deep, find your like your 11th grade vocabulary test and say those words and you're going to be good in prayer. Throw in some these and thous and then I got it, right? I'm doing it right. If I'm reading from the King James Bible, then I'm doing it right. It's kind of intimidating sometimes because we have this idea or this understanding that God is the, the maker and the creator of the universe. And if this is God and I'm praying to him, then I better get it right. I'm super intimidated sometimes. Sometimes we feel almost like we're bugging God. Have you guys ever seen that movie, Bruce Almighty, the old movie that dates me, right? Bruce Almighty. But you feel like sometimes that we're going to overwhelm God. God, I hate to ask this, but... God, I'm really just, I, I normally don't do this. I normally don't come and ask for things for myself, but. But I'm here to tell you one thing today, and if you don't get anything else out of this message, I want you to get this, and I want you to say it with me. Prayer works. Say it again. Prayer works. I'm going to prove to you today that prayer works. I want you to open up your mind a little bit. I want you to take in what's being said because I think we've had some misconceptions about prayer. And I think we need to change our mentality. And as we do that, prayer's gonna open up for us in a new way that's never been opened up before. So let's go to the Lord in prayer today. And when we do that, and when we do this each and every time, I wanna set the standard right now that as you go to church and you open up in prayer, I don't want you to just listen to me pray. You're getting ready to listen to me for like 30 minutes. Y'all are 30 minutes, yeah, right. Y'all, you're getting ready to listen to me for a while, all right? 
I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to pray. I'm going to pray. I want you to pray. When you pray, I want you to do this. I want you to ask God to open up the scripture to you, that you understand it, that you grow in it today by what's being said. Amen? So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your goodness and your love that you show to us every single day. It's your mercy is the reason why we are even here today. So God, I ask you that you open up the scripture to us, that you reveal truth to us like we haven't seen before. God, that we can apply it to our lives. We can grow because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Did you know that when we say amen at the end of a prayer, then we're saying, I approve what I just said, or I put my stamp on it. So be it. Let's kick this thing into action. All those words that I just said, they're activated now. We're ready to go. So be it. Amen. Amen is very important in a prayer. So let's go on. That has nothing to do with the message except for prayer. In Word of Life, we have four core values. And we're gonna to begin to open the services with these because I want you to get them. We had seven, we condensed it down to four. It's not that we changed our values. Seven's a lot to remember, you guys. Like for me, I could never remember all seven. I was like, uh, I got, I got like three. Um, I can't remember what are the five physical senses. I always forget one. So we, we narrowed this down. We've got four core values, and we're going to bring those to you. We're working on some displays because we want them to be in the forefront of, of your consciousness all the time. This is what Word of Life is. So the first core value is we will do whatever it takes to show you Jesus. We're going to do whatever it takes to show you Jesus. Whatever that may look like, times change. And whatever that may look like, we're going to do it so that we can show you Jesus. Number two, the cross behind us and the world before us. See, I believe this, that the cross is our backing. The cross is what gives us power. The cross is what gives us authority. The cross is what gives us a license to operate in this earth. And so the cross is our backing or behind us, the world before us. The core value goes like this, the cross behind us, the world before us. Number three, at Word of Life, we believe that being a Christian is not a duty to be performed, but it's a relationship to be enjoyed. We spend a lot of time in churches talking about what you can and can't do. I don't think God is real interested in all of those things. I believe he's interested in having a relationship with you. Did you know this, that if I stand up here and I preach and preach and preach about conduct, Christian conduct, we should do this, we should do that, then you're going to still do the same thing. But if I show you Jesus so that you establish a relationship with him and Jesus tells you at the right time that you need to adjust your conduct, you're going to adjust it because you have a relationship. So I believe that being a Christian is not a duty to be performed, but it's a relationship to be enjoyed. And number four, the Bible is not a rule book, but it's a revelation of Jesus. In two weeks, we're going to start talking about the Bible. We're going to spend two weeks on prayer. We're going to spend two weeks talking about the importance of the Bible. How do you read the Bible? How do you study the Bible? I don't want you to not read the Bible between now and two weeks from now. But what I want you to do is I want you to make sure you're here because I think we're going to open it up to you in a new way that you haven't seen before. So four core values. We'll do whatever it takes to show you Jesus. The cross behind us, the world before us. Being a Christian is not a duty to be performed, but a relationship to be enjoyed. And the Bible is not a rule book, but it's a revelation of Jesus. I think we've had some misconceptions about prayer. I think we've had some misconceptions about God. And, and we're going to start down this road of correcting some of those misconceptions. Sometimes we think that, that prayer is about the words that we say. And sometimes, as I said before, we're intimidated by that. And, and we, we think that we're going to do it wrong. And I'd rather not do it than to do it wrong. And I think while that's a, a noble idea that, that your heart is really in the right place, you've already got the key. And the key is that your heart is in the right place. See, we have to remember this, that God created us. And if God created us, then we have everything we need on the inside of us to have relationship with him. He's not 
going to hold us to some standard that we can't attain. We are made for relationship with God. And so I believe that a key to knowing God is to pray. In Ephesians chapter six and verse 18, and look it up on your phone or, or your, your, your paper Bible if you brought it. I, I, that's so weird to say that, but I like how many people have a physical copy of the Bible today and how many people have it on your phone? How many people have it in the second window and Instagram is in the first window right now? I don't know. Or your fantasy football team, if you're in the championship today, I don't know. But give me like 30 minutes, all right? I'm in the championship, by the way. Just thought I'd let y'all know that. I, don't, I just want to say. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, against, against Brooklyn, right? Against my kid. It's Brooklyn. All right, your mom. Um... Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. This is spiraling into chaos, you guys. There's a reason why I don't get to do this very often. I guarantee you my dad's watching in Oklahoma rolling his eyes right now. If, thank you. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18, it says, praying always. I want you to say those two words, praying always. Say it. Praying always. Man, that's really tough, right? So what am I supposed to do? Walk around, eyes closed, hands lifted up, bumping into walls, praying, right? Hold on, God, I have to order my food. I'm gonna have a number three, right? And then you start praying again. Praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Those two words right there, the word prayer, it means that we are directing our attention to God. Prayer. Praying always or always directing your attention to God. Praying always with all prayer. And you're like, well, what about what, about what I need? What about asking? Well, it's included in there. It says prayer and supplication. That word supplication means asking. We're not going to talk about that at all today. But there's so much to prayer. In fact, there are six words in the New Testament, six Greek words that are used and translated the word prayer. Four out of those six are talking about asking. Ask God for this, and I will ask God. Jesus said, I will ask God, and he will send you another comforter. I will pray, and he will send you another comforter. Jesus told us to ask for the nations or to pray for the nations. It's biblical to ask. But two of the six words are different forms of this same word that means to direct your attention to God. As we pray, and when he says praying always, he's saying always direct your attention to God. So I want to say it again. Pray always. Say it again. Pray always. You guys got to come with me. Like, I'm going to do stuff. You come with me. It's going to work really well. It's a great partnership. We're going to have a good day. Praying always. So I'm going to say it again. I want you to say it again. Praying always. The way we're praying always is we're directing our attention to God with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. He says, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication, again, for the saints. So at least a portion of our asking is asking for someone else, right? See, we have a very need-driven society. We're driven by need. Why do you get up and go to work every day? I guarantee you that if you were independently wealthy and you did not have to work, that you wouldn't get up and go to work every single day. Now, you might fill your time with something, but you wouldn't get up and go to work every day. Why do you go to work? Because you have a need that you need to fill. So you get up every day, you go to work. We have a very need-driven society. And we translate that into our prayer. But the problem is that while we're translating that into prayer, God is not a need-driven God. He's a love-driven God. And so he's saying, I know your need, and I'm going to fill your need, but it's based on my love, not based on your asking. I'm going to fill it based on my love that I have for you.
praying always with all prayer. See, I believe this, that as we direct our attention towards God, that biblical prayer is our entrance to walking in the fullness of our purpose. Biblical prayer, and I want to say it again because I want you to write that down, put it in your notes app, I want you to put it on your Instagram, uh, on your Instagram page, put it on your story. This is good stuff. That biblical prayer is your entrance to your purpose. Prayer works, guys. Prayer works. So if praying is my entrance to fulfill my purpose because I'm directing my attention towards God, well, how do I do that? Why would I do that? What's my, my, my end game? What's my steps? How do I get there? See, I, I always want to know what, are the, what are, is the action plan? What's the tangibles? What do I do here? Because I know where I want to get. How do I get there? Because I'm ready to go. How do we do it? I believe this. That first of all, I can know that God is listening to my prayer. God is listening to my prayer. I've heard people pray this before. God, I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, here's what I got. God, I don't know if you're out there. God, I don't, but, but, but I'm desperate right now. God, I need something right now. But look at this. I believe that when we pray, God hears our prayers. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Say, I'm a child of God. See, God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit so that we know. See, that word, that word bears witness, it means that it is testifying. God's spirit is testifying to our spirit that we are children of God. For those of you who have kids, I want you to think about what it means to be a child. Whenever I have need of something, I know that even though I'm 39 years old, I can go to my parents' house and I don't have to ask whether or not I can go to the refrigerator and get something out. I walk in, I go to the fridge. Whatever's in there is mine. Right? You know how it is. My kids, even if it's not theirs, it's theirs. Right? You gotta hide it. We, we have this thing at our house because my mother-in-law, Tiffany's mom, she makes beef jerky that is the greatest beef jerky like on the face of the earth. And um, every bag, we get it for Christmas, and every bag has a name on it. You don't touch my beef jerky. Brooklyn has gotten to the age that she thinks her beef jerky is hers, my beef jerky is hers, Tiffany's beef jerky is hers, and on Christmas Day, mine disappeared this year. I, I, I don't know where it went. I don't know if it was, if it was Brooklyn. I don't know. I mean, we're going to start uh, some kind of mystery game, and, and we need to find this beef jerky. I mean, man, I don't know who I'm blaming, but see, the thing is, if you're a child, you're entitled to what's in the house. See, God's spirit bears witness or testifies to our spirit that we are his children. And if we're in children, we get what's in the house. We have access to all that God is. See, we have a need-driven society, and I've got to do this and this and this so that I can get what I need from you. But God's not driven like we are. Because his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God is a love-driven God. He says, you don't have to do anything just because you're my child, you get this. Just because you're my child, I'm going to meet your need. I'm going to take care of you. See, the Father has given you all things through Jesus. In fact, to drive that point home, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 
It says this, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness through the knowledge of him. I want you to say knowledge. See, I'm getting ready to tell you how to unlock your prayer life and how to free you up from feeling like you have to spend all your time asking for stuff. It says here that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge, again, say through the knowledge, through the knowledge of him that has called us by glory and virtue. I believe that the knowledge of him makes us realize, it doesn't make God give us stuff, he's already given it to us, but it makes us realize our position. As we realize our position in the house, we know that we have what we need. As we realize our position in the house, we understand that we have what we need. Again, I'm not saying that there's never a time to ask because the Bible is very clear that there are things to ask and when we ask, we have confidence that he hears us. And when he hears us, we know that he gives us or he grants the petitions that we ask of him. That's what the scripture says. But the bulk of the time in the scripture, overwhelmingly, when he's talking about prayer, he's talking about giving our attention towards God. He's not talking about asking. So the benefits of prayer, just want to throw this in here. Jude chapter 1, verse 20, it says, But beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, and keep yourself in the love of God. Again, we have a God that's driven by love, not motivated by need. And so it says here that we keep ourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Prayer will keep you full of the love of God. As you focus your attention on God, prayer will keep you in the love of God. What he's not saying there is I have to pray for God to love me. But what he is saying there is prayer will make you realize how much he loves you as you turn your attention to him. It'll make you realize, make you recognize the love that God has for you. And so, the bulk of the message is this. How far are we into it? Like 20 minutes? Here we go. This is the meat. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 5. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is one of the first things that Jesus said to his disciples. Is I want you to know how to pray. I believe it's extremely important, and the reason why we're talking about it week one in the year 2021, as we reintroduce you to God, is because when Jesus was introducing himself to his disciples, he told them this, this is how you need to pray. In this manner, pray. In the last several months, uh, last, last couple of months, I've been, I've been talking to a guy and, and um, really reaching out. How many know that um, no matter what position that you're in, that it's good to have somebody that you can talk to and confide in? And so I've reached out to someone and, and um, we're doing some counseling and some mentoring. And the first thing that he told me in our very first session was he said, I want you to pray the Lord's Prayer every day. And I, I, I thought to myself, wow, the Lord's Prayer, really? I mean, yeah, the Lord's Prayer is good. And don't get me wrong, it's in the Bible, Jesus said it. But the Lord's Prayer, as soon as I began doing that, God began opening this up to me like I've never seen it before. Jesus said as one of the first things that he told his disciples, in this way, in this manner, I want you to pray. Before he said this, he said, therefore, I'm sorry, I'm gonna back up a little bit. He told us how to pray. He said, when you pray, 
don't be like the hypocrites. Hmm. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. You want to talk about another misconception. We have a misconception about hypocrisy. There are empty chairs in here in every church in town today that would be filled with people that either don't come to church because they don't want to feel like a hypocrite or don't come to church because they think church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. I'm pretty fond of the saying that if you think the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites, what's one more? Just come on. But, but really, that's a misconception too. Because here's the thing. This word hypocrite in the scripture, Jesus is talking about somebody that's an actor. He's talking about someone who does not have their heart to follow after God. This is somebody who is intentionally trying to deceive you. This isn't somebody that loves God and wants to follow after his purpose and just does dumb stuff sometimes. I would say this, that every person in this room and the majority, if not all of the people watching online, you're here and you're doing this because you're seeking after God, because you wanna know him. Now, every single one of us, if I had open mic and said, what are some stupid things that you did this week? We would be here until next week. What are some things that you did that you know you shouldn't have done? Or what are some attitudes? Let's get real. What are some thoughts that you had that you shouldn't have thought? Well, I just, I don't, I don't want to be a hypocrite. No, that's, that's not what Jesus is talking about at all. Not at all. He says, when you pray, don't be, like, don't be like the hypocrites. This is what they do. So I want you to judge yourself right now. This is what the hypocrites do when they pray. Maybe you've said, I don't want to pray because I don't want to feel like, like a hypocrite. The hypocrites do this. They love to stand praying in two places, in the synagogue or in the church building, and they also love to pray on the street corner. And when they go and they pray, they do that so that they may be seen by men. So the cat's out of the bag. I'm gonna call you out right now. If you are out standing in front of Walmart praying just so you can be seen by somebody, then Jesus just called you a hypocrite. But if that's not what you're doing, you're not a hypocrite. He said they do it just so they can be seen. But assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. They were seen. Way to go, congratulations. You got what you wanted. He says, but when you pray, go into your room, and when they've shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do. Now this is a totally different word. Sometimes we lump these things together, but this word heathen means don't pray like the people who don't know God. I mean, they can pray. In fact, they have to pray in order to know God. You have to say, Jesus, I, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come. You have to pray, but don't pray in the same way. Why? Because you're not without God. You're a child. Whenever I walk into somebody else's house, I was at Rihanna's house yesterday. We were there for a, for a friendsmas. Yeah. Fancy word, right? That's a 2020 word. I don't know, maybe it's not. I'm old. Um, and we were at Rihanna's house, and I didn't just walk in like it was my house or like it was my parents' house, walk in, open up the fridge, get whatever. I walked in, she said, hey, there's drinks in the refrigerator, you can get one. Then I have permission, and then I got one. Right? But it's not my house. See, when you pray, don't pray like it's not your house because it is your house. Don't pray like you're in a, a, a foreign land. Pray like you're a child because God's spirit is testifying to our spirit that we are children of God, right? Amen? He says, so when you pray, don't use vain repetition as the heathen do. What does that vain repetition mean? That they're begging God. They're begging God. 
You know, I think a lot of times it is so much pressure. And really, we, we realized this uh, two summers ago when Tiffany got the cancer diagnosis. And some of you have heard the story and some of you haven't, and I'm not going to go way into it. But we learned this because we can spend so much of our time with that pressure. God, please, please bring healing. God, God, heal. God, we're desperate. God, we need you. God, we have no other way. And God began to reveal to us that I know you have a need and you're a child, so you have access. And so what I want you to do is I want you to focus to keep yourself in the love of God. I want you to understand just how much I love you. I want you to understand what, what peace is and how much peace I have given to you. I want you to understand that your strength comes from me. And when you pray, I don't want you to pray like the heathen do, where you're just asking and asking and asking and asking and asking. I know that you have a need. He says here, don't use vain repetition like the heathen do. They think they'll be heard for their many words. See, listening is greater than talking. In prayer, listening is greater than talking. We have it flipped because we love to talk. Listening is greater than talking. So he goes on and says, don't be like them. For your father knows that you have need of those things even before you ask. He already knows that you need those things. There's no need to be reminding God over and over again. We should use our prayer time to allow God to remind us how good he is. Not us reminding him what we need. We use our prayer time, and I'm going to show you this in the Lord's Prayer. I want you to realize in this Lord's Prayer that Jesus is speaking to them, and Jesus had not died yet. And so all of mankind still had a need. We still needed a Savior. Jesus had come, but he hadn't said it is finished. But God knew they had a need. God knew we had a need, and he provided a savior. He provided Jesus. Our ultimate need was a savior and that fulfilled the prayer. So I think there's seven things in the Lord's prayer that we are to pray. I found that very interesting because as I started to number them, I got to the number seven and in scripture, the number seven is a number of completion. God created the earth in seven days. Seven is a number of completion. I believe for a complete prayer that we pray these seven things. Interestingly, all of them are reminders of what God has given us. Number one, you ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Those very first words, God, your name is to be reverenced. Your name is to be respected. Your name is on high. Our Father in heaven, your name is great. You're establishing his position in your life. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You start off your prayer by establishing his position and how you view God. God, I respect you. God, I revere you. God, I recognize that your way is higher than my way. Hallowed be your name. Number two, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're establishing your position. See, you already established his. God, you're supreme. So what's my position? Your kingdom come, your will be done in me, on earth, in my family, in my home, in my neighborhood, my extended family, in my job, and my activities, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You've established his position, now you've established your position. Give us this day our daily bread. I want you to remember what I said a moment ago that Jesus had not said yet, it is finished. And so I struggled with this whole concept as I began to read it because it says, 
very clearly, don't use vain repetition. God already knows what you have need of, so why would I need to ask for these things? And, and I have to say that as I started studying this uh, in detail a couple of months ago, everything just clicked into place except for this one verse. And, and I really thought that, that, okay, well, this is the one place that we ask, but, but that's not even the definition of prayer. It doesn't say anything about asking. When he says, in this manner, pray, he's saying, in this manner, turn your attention towards God. So it just didn't make sense. It lined up with what my society view of prayer was, but it didn't line up with what my biblical definition of prayer was. And so if I'm gonna reintroduce God, maybe I need to reintroduce some things to myself too. And then I begin to realize, he knows that we have a need. And right here, as Jesus was talking, he knew they needed a savior. He knew they needed an answer. They needed hope. And so he said to them, I want you to pray this way. God, provide for me a way to have these things because I need them. God answered that prayer in the person of Jesus. God answered that prayer when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. So as we pray this today, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And God reminds us that he has provided for our needs in Jesus. Give us this day our daily bread. God, remind me. God, show me. See, it's not vain repetition. As I'm praying, I'm saying, God, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God, your kingdom come in me. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I establish my position that you're here and I'm here, that you're greater. And so God, give us this day our daily bread. And God says to us, because listening is greater than talking. God says to us, I've provided for you in Jesus. And my faith begins to build because I recognize that God is the only reason that I have food on the table today. God is the only reason that I have a roof over my head today. God is the only reason that I'm breathing today. Give us this day our daily bread. Number four, forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. Why would we pray forgive us our debts? Again, we know that that Jesus has, has made a way that we are forgiven, right? And so, in, in that sense, why am I going to pray for God to forgive my debts? I want you to see this, that he's saying here, I have forgiven your debts. God, forgive our debts. And then listening is greater than talking. And so as we say, God, forgive our debts, then his, witness, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. Wow, that's special right there. I don't know what happened to the lights, yo, but I believe in you. God's witness bears witness with our spirit and is testifying to us that our debts are forgiven in him. Then it says, as we forgive our debtors. See, I can forgive because I'm forgiven. I can forgive because I have a working understanding of what forgiveness means for me and to me. We forgive because we are forgiven. See, this is our witness to the world. That I can look at you and I don't have to see your faults. I can look at you and I don't see your shortcomings. I can look at you and I see you the way Jesus sees you because Jesus saw me that way too. And I'm a mess. But he saw me and he forgave me. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. This is a reminder that he has set us on a road to success. Lead us not into temptation. What he's saying here is, I want you to know that I have set you on a road not for your destruction, but for your good. He's reminding us 
that he has a plan for us and a purpose for our life. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or I have divine protection in him. That means spiritual. That means mental. That means financial. It means in my relationship. It means in my family. It means in my job. It means physically I have protection in him. He's reminding me. He's reminding me. And then he closes with this. For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory forever. It's a restatement of my position. You are greater. Remember Ephesians said, pray always. Say that, pray always. One more time, pray always. Ephesians tells us to pray always. See, 100% of my day, I should be turning my attention towards God. If I do that, then God is going to be consistently reminding me. And when I come up against a circumstance that I don't know what to do, and I don't know how I'm gonna, how I'm gonna provide in this way, or I don't know how I'm gonna pay this bill, or then I, I'm reminded because I'm praying always, I'm reminded that he has given us this day our daily bread. When I'm going through my day and I see someone and my blood starts boiling because I think about the things that they've done to me, then I'm reminded that I don't have to see the world the way that man sees the world. I see the world the way that God sees the world. And I'm reminded of my purpose. And I reach out to them through Jesus' eyes, not through my eyes, through Jesus' eyes. As I'm going through my day and I, I feel lost and I feel confused and, and I begin to wonder what my purpose is, God reminds me that he's not leading me into temptation, but he has led me on a path to my success. As I go through my day and I feel like the walls are caving in and everything starts to fall apart, I remember that he has delivered me from evil. When I go through my day, Constantly, there is a reminder over and over again because I am praying always. Because I am constantly focusing my attention towards God and he is reminding me all the time about his goodness. I am keeping myself in the love of God. I'm here to tell you today that if you're in a crisis in your life, Maybe 2020 knocked you down, slapped you around a little bit like a twisted T. Anybody get that? <laughs> if you didn't get it, YouTube it, all right? <laughs> Maybe 2020 knocked you down. But I'm here to tell you today that God is for you. I'm here to tell you that if you keep yourself in the love of God, then his strength is made perfect in your weakness. That prayer is the key to unlocking your full potential in Christ. It's the key to put you on that road towards purpose. We've had this misconception about prayer that I just need to go to God and ask for all these things and, and sometimes he hears me and sometimes God's answer is yes and sometimes it's no and sometimes it's maybe and we don't really know and it's kind of like rolling the dice and what are we going to get this time? We have a misconception about prayer, you guys. We're going to spend starting next Sunday 21 days in prayer and fasting. We've never done this as a church. We're gonna spend 21 days in prayer and fasting. And I want you to start thinking right now, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Now, there's a lot of different ways to fast. and We're gonna talk about it in a little more detail next week. There's also gonna be some videos that I want you to watch about it because we just can't cram everything into a 30 minute message. But here's the thing. What we're gonna ask you to do is to remove one thing from your life, whatever that is. I'm not gonna tell you what you should remove. I want you to remove one thing for your life and intentionally for 21 days, turn your attention towards God. 
remove one thing. Maybe that's food. Maybe it's one meal. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's that the first thing you do in the morning isn't you roll over and you scroll through TikTok, but it's you roll over and you spend your attention on God for that allotted time. 21 days, I want you to focus your attention on him. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Establish your day and allow God to speak to you throughout the day. Listening is greater than talking. Prayer does not have to be. If God told us to pray always, you think it really means that we're supposed to just talk always? Man, you wanna talk about annoying. I think sometimes God just wants to say, shut up, just stop. He wants to talk to you, praying always to keep yourself in the love of God and allow him to remind you who he is and what he has done for you. We're starting off this year reintroducing you to God. How do we get to know him? Let him talk to you. Maybe you would say, well, Pastor Jason, I, man, I have tried and, and I just can't hear the voice of God. Stop trying. Stop trying. I'm gonna tell you that God is going to speak to you. Now, maybe you don't believe me, it's okay. But if you'll do this, and you'll say, I'm gonna start my day, our Father in heaven, you can use your words, it's not tied to these words. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What you did was you just opened the door for the rest of your day for God to answer every single one of those prayers and reveal himself to you in all seven of those ways. And you just prayed for the entire day. This is a no pressure thing. What you're gonna find, and I wanna hear your testimonies, because it strengthens others, strengthens me. But what you're gonna find, and, and I promise you this, that if you'll do this, you're gonna say, man, I, I, was, just, I was driving down the road and then I, I saw God, or this song came on the radio, or, and I, I, was, I wasn't even listening to, uh, to positive, encouraging K-Love. I was listening to something different, and I just began to see God. I was at work, and this scripture just popped into my mind for whatever reason. There's gonna be testimony after testimony after testimony as his spirit testifies to your spirit that you're children of God and God begins to reveal himself to you. Next week, Pastor Daniel's gonna talk about prayer. The following week, we're gonna talk about the Bible. And I'm gonna be bringing a message of practical ways you can come and open up the Bible and get something out of it every single time. And then we're gonna talk one more week. Pastor Daniel's gonna talk about the Bible in the final week of the month of January. We're gonna talk about the church and what's the purpose of the church. We're laying a foundation to reintroduce you to God. This is a good year and God is doing some good stuff and I'm excited. You excited today? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your goodness and your love that you have for us. God, we thank you that you've chosen us. That you haven't left us alone. God, you've set us on high. We honor you with everything that we have. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Guys, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, we just do this out of respect for one another. God can hear you if your eyes are open or closed, your head is up or down. But out of respect for one another, I ask that we bow our head and close our eyes because I'm gonna ask you something real serious today. I'm gonna ask you to come on this journey with me 
to get to know God. See, I became a Christian at a very, very young age. And ever since then, I started trying to know God. And the really cool thing about it is that there is so much to God that this is a lifelong journey. And that every day we get a little better. See, a misconception is that to be a Christian, I have to be perfect. The reality is, to be a Christian, you have to admit that you're not. The Bible tells us this, that every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we could stand up here and we could talk about sin for a long time, but let me make it really simple. Sin is falling short of what God's standard is, and every single one of us are in the same boat. We've all done it. The Bible also tells us that the price or the consequence to that sin is death. But as we talked about today, Jesus Christ paid the price for you and I, and he died so that we didn't have to. In order to receive that gift, you just have to, to pray a prayer. And guys, prayer works. So what I'm gonna ask you to do is, if you've never received Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me. What we're gonna do is we're gonna invite Jesus into our life. And I don't know if you're sitting in the house today or you're watching online, but I'm gonna ask everyone to pray this prayer with us. And the reason why we do that is we're showing support to our friends that maybe haven't said it. See, this isn't about singling you out or making you feel weird or anything like that. This is a moment between you and God. I just happen to be standing here holding this microphone today. And I have the privilege of leading you in this prayer. Let's join together and let's pray this with our friends that maybe haven't. Say this, say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we wanna hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus and I wanna encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love 